0: Um, you learn that holes close quick. Uh, you gotta hit it fast in order to in order to break. At the beginning of the year, uh, you kind of still uh, learning from high school into college. And I felt like I've learned how to be a college running back and uh, just be able to hit the hole fast and break it when I need to.
1: Assistant running back Eric Gray. You learn that the holes close quick. He certainly darted through those holes with that uh, school record for a true freshman. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound. I brought to you by Window Works. Tim Irwin.
2: I think what kept him off the field for a lot of this year was his inability to protect in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we didn't need him in the passing game much yesterday. We only That's threw right. the ball 17 times. He got a chance to shine. You know, one guy goes down with an ankle, and you go from three to two. And they started out with Jordan. They put him in. He popped. And then they stayed with him, and he didn't have to do as much protecting, but he needs to work on that in the offseason, protecting mm-hmm. and working on the passing game in general, catching the flare passes. They all need to work on that.
1: And I agree completely. That, that, I, that can be a weapon.
2: That's been a terrible part of our yeah. offensive game this year. Yeah. From the very first play of the season, remember the muff fumble? Of course, Jared threw it at him about 100 miles an hour too, but we got to work on that.
1: Yep. Uh, let's go back to the phones where our next caller is Paul. Paul, you're on Sports Sound Off.
3: Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Morning. morning. Hey, uh, a couple of things here. Uh, first of all, on uh, Gray's long run, the what was it, 94 yards? Yes. Do you notice who was down there in the end zone to celebrate with him first? Trey Smith. Now, there's a guy that can run for a big guy, huh?
1: He said he was chasing him. He said he finally gave up to catch him, but I guess yeah. he, he made it all the way to the end zone. So.
3: Yeah, you know, you know, a guy that big—that's, you know, just to run ninety-six yards is a pretty big accomplishment. I guarantee it is. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, also like to talk about Nick Saban a little bit. His uh, antics at the end of the first half, and then after the game, he said what Auburn did by really outsmarting him was unfair. Uh, here's a guy. That's, you know, the NCAA just gives him a license to cheat and recruit him. They get every call in every game. Tennessee was living proof of that this year. And he's got the gall to stand up there and talk about something being
1: unfair. What would, what did he say was unfair? Was it the end of the half when they put a second back on the clock?
3: No. No, he threw okay. a pretty good fit over that. But he, he said it was unfair that at the end of – when it was fourth down, there were two minutes to go or – less than two minutes, Auburn substituted the punter for a wide receiver to make Alabama think that they were going to punt. There's nothing illegal about that, is there?
1: Nope.
3: It, and the guy, their 12th guy, was their punt returner who had already run out of the field, and he never came off. I mean, I don't see how that's unfair other than the fact that uh, – you know, Nick Saban and staff didn't know what the heck was going on.
1: So, on that play, did they call illegal substitution? Is that what got the five-yard penalty? Uh,
3: Twelve men on the field.
1: Okay, that's illegal substitution. All right. Yeah, so they that...
3: had their they they figured out at the last second that oh wait, their offense is still in there, so we left their defense in, but the punt returner was standing. Wait, you couldn't see. him. No, it know, had 11 the in, it,
2: they had eleven in the camera shot plus the punt returner.
1: So that, was, yes. that gives you your twelve, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So how's that unfair? It's well it's uh it's not. That's uh that's being Well that's is it unfair to run a reverse? You're trying to trick somebody, right? right? right.
3: What 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 Saban came across to me last night is a four year old in Walmart crying because he didn't get the toy that he wanted.
2: I'd be disappointed uh, in him if he wasn't disappointed in that outcome last night. And for I sure I, I like I like Saban. I like the uh Affleck commercials that he's doing. I think they're hysterical. And I love the commercial he did with a young lady that was about to buy a dress on the internet. And he, he said, Don't hit that young lady, don't hit that button. I thought <laughs> I I really thought they did a good job, but uh I think he's a good football coach and a warrior oh. and I don't blame him uh for being upset and uh Well I think if he had to, if he had to, is veteran starting quarterback in there. It probably would have been a different outcome, but, hey, you go with what you got. I mean, that just wasn't in the cards for Alabama this year. They weren't as good on defense as they've been in the past. Uh, You know, I think Tennessee had a good shot at them if we don't have the fiasco on the goal line. And I think uh, LSU manhandled them. And, you know, I uh, thought they played a good, hard, tough football game. Uh, I can't say that I was for either team because I don't care for either one of them. Uh, But, you know, it was a good, tough ball game.
3: I'm not denying that Saban's a great head football coach, but I just thought it was a poor look for him, you know, blaming other people. It reminded me a little bit of uh, Ohio State's coach after we beat him in a bowl game, complaining like because five or six players had on – cleats that were a sixteenth of an inch too long.
2: Yeah, Don't bring that up around Coach Dickey. He's pretty sensitive about that.
1: That was John <laughs> Cooper was the coach at Ohio State. <laughs> yeah. That was a great yeah. Ohio State team that was extraordinarily talented.
3: Oh, you know? yeah. Eddie yeah. George, Orlando Pace. That was an NFL team out Terry there. Terry
1: Glenn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they had uh, they had tremendous yeah. players on that That's team. That was a big win. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: That was yeah, they, was that
1: the citrus? It was. It was a citrus yeah. ball. Yeah. And Tennessee had these uh, what they call the soccer cleats, who were a little bit longer than the other cleats. Yeah. Uh,
3: and it was only a handful of players too. It wasn't like yeah. the whole team had them. You know what? What cost Ohio State that game? It wasn't any anybody having on cleats too long. It was uh, four turnovers in the fourth quarter.
2: I, I say good job, Roger Frazier. Is what I <laughs> yeah. say,
1: old oh, Cletus. Yeah. Cletus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey. Thanks, guys. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, Paul. I tell you well, let's uh let's hear from Trey Smith. Uh, I, I think he's been a terrific story this year. A guy that's had to overcome uh the blood clots uh, that were discovered. Uh he played about half the year last year. Wasn't even known if he was gonna play this year. They've got him on a regiment. Cole Kubelik had reported that he's only had two contact full contact practices since August. It's amazing what he's done. So let's hear from Trey Smith. First off, Here are his thoughts on the night of running back Eric Gray.
0: Yeah, man, uh, he played a heck of a game, man. Uh, I know he scored that first touchdown. I was trying to haul butt just to go celebrate with him, man. That's my buddy. Uh, That's my boy. Played him in high school. He knocked me out in the playoffs. But, you know, I love the kid, man. He works hard every day, really mature for his age.
1: All right, also from uh, Trey Smith, he talked about Eric Gray knocking him out of the playoffs, and he was asked, does Eric Gray ever bring up that playoff game?
0: Uh, <laughs> not, not that much. I bring it up more than he does. He yeah, has like he's no big deal, but it meant a lot. I mean, it's my last game, but he doesn't usually bring it up too much.
1: Trey Smith was asked, was tonight your last game at Tennessee?
0: Yeah, you know, I'm not really focused on that. I'm just focused on the next bowl game, uh, making sure our team's successful while we're done orange and white. Tennessee had lost
1: three in a row to Vanderbilt. Trey Smith was asked how much does stopping that losing streak to Vanderbilt mean to you?
0: Yeah, man. Oh, dude. Um, it means everything to me in terms of that. I'm a Tennessee guy. Uh, love this state. The reason I came to this state, so I'm, I mean, the reason I came to this school is how much I love this state. And, uh, you know, restoring the order, so to say, you know, restoring the balance where it should be, where these programs should be. In terms of that, I man, it means the most to me. Uh, but hats off to that team. You know, they play tough all night. Uh, it showed a lot of resilience, man. They play well. But, you know, it, it's our state. So it was nice restoring the balance.
1: Tim, I think you'd agree restoring the balance is appropriate for Tennessee against Vanderbilt.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're supposed to end the season. The last three weeks, you're supposed to take care of Vanderbilt and Kentucky in those last three weeks. It used to be the last two games, but we did that. You know, things are back to normal a little bit, and let's keep building on that. We just did what we, was, in the words of our head coach, we just done what we were supposed to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, when when uh, Trey Smith saw the weather report for the game, did he start thinking this might be a game where Tennessee would run the ball a lot?
0: Yeah, I didn't think we would. It would necessarily just be a run main game. You know, uh, it sort of reminded me of LSU in two thousand seventeen when I walked out. Obviously, it was not a monsoon or anything, but uh, you know, when that happens, a lot of times you got to go to the ground game because it's a little bit harder for the quarterback, wide receiver to be on the same page, throw the ball as well as you want to. Uh, but you know, it's a game. obviously lineman want you know, it's going to be dirty. It's going to be muddy. Yeah, get a little physical in there.
1: Trey, I think it was Coach Kubelik that said that you'd only had two full contact practices back in August. Did you wonder if you'd be able to perform at this level given you had such little contact and practice?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you always have doubt in your mind. But, you know, I, I just – it's weird to say. It's just, you know, believing in God. But I just didn't make that much of a big deal about it. You know, I just went to work every day. And whenever the game started rolling around, just like uh, this question earlier, really it just kept getting easier and easier. And it, it's, it's feeling a lot more comfortable now. Like it's almost like I didn't miss a beat, if that makes sense.
1: Comments from Trey Smith uh, after the game. Tim, I know that you appreciate uh, what he has overcome to play. But, gosh, it, I don't know that he played that well at the start of the year. But I think he's playing at a heck of a level right now. He's the most
2: physical Offensive lineman we've had at the University of Tennessee since maybe Harry Galbraith.
1: That's a strong statement because they've had some good ones.
2: He has been dominant. He's aggressive. He plays within the rules. Doesn't get an inordinate amount of penalties. Uh, He gets against something, he moves it. And his pass protection has been pretty much flawless. Uh, no, he's had a tremendous year, and he ought to be first-team All SEC at a minimum, maybe All-American.
1: Well, he's he's done a great job, so I I think that um, I think there's a chance that uh, he'll make All SEC. It'll be interesting to see. I tell you what, let's see if we can get Nigel Warrior ready. Uh, Nigel Warrior, uh, who's played like a warrior since the Georgia game, he's really had a good year. Uh, he was asked uh, what he thought it meant to the roster as a whole for Trey Smith to get back. And be able to play this season. Uh
4: I would say that was, you know, one, a, a big thing for us. Uh You know, it's always uh, the next man needs to step up. But you know, having Trey come back and, and to play with us, you know, uh we talking about who you talk about, Trey Smith. Okay, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, getting Trey back, you know, it, it means a lot. And you know, it, it it's he's another part of the offense. You know what I'm saying? Uh I can't really speak too much. Cause I'm not on offense. You know, I let them do their thing, but. Getting Trey back, you know, he, he brought another energy to the team that we needed.
1: That's Nigel Warrior on Trey Smith. Uh, we said earlier we were going to talk about the bowl situation for Tennessee. So I think that Tennessee's headed to a Florida Bowl. I think it'll either be the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville, which is played January 2, or the Outback Bowl in Tampa, which is played January the first. I know that there are a lot of bowls that would love to have them, Tim. If you look at the last three bowls Tennessee played, which were in order, Gator, Outback, Music City, Tennessee had at least 40,000 fans at each of those. And, and it's, it's a lot about your draw, and the bowls certainly appreciate having attendance like that. It was in Jacksonville, which I thought was an interesting scene. So Tennessee had gone without a bowl for a couple of years. They get to uh, the Gator Bowl, TaxSlayer Bowl. And there was an impromptu vol walk as the team arrived in buses. The Tennessee fans, thousands of them, lined up a vol walk between the buses to the stadium, and it was tremendous sight. And I, I, I just think that kind of support from the fans makes Tennessee even more attractive. It also helps that you've won five in a row, six out of seven. They like teams that have a pretty good momentum going. Uh, so it, I think. The teams that'll be like LSU is headed for the college football playoff. It certainly looks like, uh, Georgia and Florida, Alabama, Auburn are are in really good shape. I think that you'll see uh, at least one sec team in the college football playoff. You'll see a couple of others in what they call the new year's day six. Then you got the citrus bowl. After that, you got your pool of six. That pool of six includes the Gator bowl, the Outback bowl, music city bowl, the belt bowl, the Liberty bowl. Those are among them, uh, but I think Texas. I think that Tennessee is going to end up, and in, uh, in one of those Florida bowl games. Right. Was that a proverbial slip? Do you think there's a chance we might be
2: playing Texas?
1: Well, no. It, it actually, what I started to say was I think Texas A&M's going to the Texas Bowl. That was my slip. But, okay. Hey, wouldn't mind seeing them play Texas. That'd be right? great. You know, yeah.
2: the real UT show up. And uh, also, I thought uh, Iowa would be an intriguing choice. I don't know if Minnesota would slip that far or not. I doubt it, but uh, possibly. Uh, be another good opponent for Tennessee. I'm trying to think uh, who else out there is likely opponents. I don't know a lot about who's committed to go where. How many of the? Uh, I'll let you figure all that out. But I thought well, that'd be great seeing Tennessee play Texas somewhere in Florida. That'd be awesome. That'd be. Uh, I think Tennessee. Iowa would be a good football game. I think Tennessee. Minnesota. I think. Uh, uh, I don't think Michigan will fall that far. I don't know about Notre Dame, where they're headed. Um, I think we'll play a team with a lot better record than ours because of the second half of our season and the way we travel. I think we'll play a team that has a lot better record.
1: Based on the bowl matchups, uh, I think the only way Tennessee could play Texas would be in the Liberty Bowl or in the Texas Bowl. That would be it. So I don't see that matchup. I, I The Outback and the Gator Bowl are tied both to the um, – big 10 that's why you've seen, you saw tennessee play iowa uh and then the next year you saw them play northwestern and then and then they played what nebraska about, in the music city before. what about
2: second tier uh pack teams Pac-12? West Coast,
1: yeah i don't think there's there's no Pac 12 time with tennessee with the uh, sec um yeah
2: i would don't they, really you, know
1: You have ACC, and you got Big Ten, and you got the Big 12.
2: I don't really know how all that works. Hadn't needed to study it in recent years. (laughs) Uh, But it's exciting to have a game. It's exciting to get the extra work for the young guys for next year. And uh, I know Tennessee people will support us well wherever we head out to. Uh, I wish wish we were going to Atlanta. I wish things were a little different. We'd be there next weekend. But uh, I'm excited by the way the season ended. Mark of a good – program is getting better from the start of the season to the end of the season and i think tennessee definitely did that and my hat's off to the coaches on both sides of the ball
1: let's go to stewart stewart you're on sports sound off
5: well it is a great day jimmy how are you sir
1: i'm doing great i hope you are too
5: yes sir i am i wanted to say tim uh that uh you have my respect sir i was one of those uh Purple people eater fans in the 70s who rooting for the Vikings to uh, win against the Steelers with the uh, with the great, uh, albeit relatively short Fran Tarkinson. If you could take me back down memory lane for a few minutes and, re- and and tell me a bit about your life on that line with the Vikings.
2: Well, first of all, I never got to. Meet Fran Tarkenton on the football field. He's gone about two years before I got there, and okay, uh, I know. I mean, I've met him several times at banquets, and when he came back. But Tommy Kramer was my quarterback when I started out, and my first year was in the cold outside at Met Stadium. Then my next seasons, the next twelve years, I was in the Metrodome, and uh, enjoyed my time there. I was excited when I got drafted there. My only reservation about the draft was I wanted to go someplace cold that wasn't in a desert because uh, I <laughs> like water and I don't like heat. Uh, so I was very, very happy when I got selected by the uh, Vikings. Some members of my family weren't quite as excited, uh, but I was. I that, that was all right with me, and I, I loved living there. Uh, if it wasn't for the mountains and family, I probably would still be up there somewhere. It's a great country, uh, really good football fans, nice people. Uh, city was really well run uh, services were great taxes were really high though I like our tax sure. system a lot better the taxes in Minnesota were uh really high uh, yeah. I but,
5: understand uh, that what, uh, what, uh, what I years living were there. you biking I was there from 81
2: walking? through 93 in 94 I went free 93? agent and did a little Florida tour That's
5: wow Wow. Well, you have my respect, sir. One of the things you said that I thought was uh, brilliant was uh, that uh, uh, football players like lawyers, like scientists, are always in the matter of learning and practicing and getting better. And you said you didn't think you really knew how to block until your second year in the pros. I was impressed.
2: Well, that's the truth. And, uh, And John Michaels has passed away last year, was my line coach, and, I feel like he had a big hand in developing me, and Joe Avanzano, I think, did a good job uh, with me in college. And it just takes a while to learn. And uh, I'm, I'm, I admire these guys that are great players out of the box as freshmen. I, Trey Smith, his first day at UT, I thought, this guy's dominant. And uh, he had the unfortunate deal with the blood clots, but I really think he's one of the greatest offensive linemen Tennessee's ever had even hurt.
1: And,
5: and we'll look forward to seeing him prosper in the future. Thank you, sir. You have my respect. Yeah. Thanks, Jimmy.
1: Thank you. Appreciate the call, Stuart. And when we come back, we will have more. Uh, we are brought to you by Window Works, uh, and um, Window Works uh, is uh, proud to be the exclusive carrier of the OKNA Windows. With Tim Irwin, I'm Jimmy Himes. This is Sunday Sports Sound know why do you think this defense improved so much
0: from uh, around midseason? Um, Just realizing the little mistakes that we're making. um, Kind of coming together as one and telling each other that we're going to play for each other. That's the biggest thing of uh, playing as a family uh, and just doing everything that you can. You know, for the seniors, especially like Marquez, you know, just letting these guys go out with a bang. So, you know, we kind of all just linked together and made a promise to each other that, you know, we'll do our best in everything that we do.
1: As Tennessee freshman linebacker Henry To'o To'o when asked about how the defense improves so much. Uh, Nigel Warrior was asked a similar question. He said it was a lot about communication and trust. That is what's led to this defensive improvement. By the way, the defense really did play well for the most part in the last uh, seven or so games. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Soundoff. We're brought to you by Window Works, East Tennessee's window and insulated sighting experts. If you want to join us, 656 656-9900. Let's go to Bobby. Bobby, you're on Sports Soundoff.
6: Well, I just wanted to get Tim's opinion on something. The defense has got better every game, and uh, and Alabama's defense looks down. Did we did we steal a gem from Alabama?
1: In hiring Jeremy Pruitt as a defensive coordinator, do you think that has had an impact on Alabama's defense not being as good? I think that's the question. I, I don't think there's any doubt.
2: I think that uh, I think we hired the best look in my private conversations with our athletic director, I'm not shy about giving my opinion, as everyone well knows. I told him I said, hire the best defensive coordinator you can hire, make him your head coach, and then get Cheney. I added Pittman, but I'm okay with Will friend. I'm more than okay with him uh, and get Cheney in here to run the offense, and you won't have anything to worry about and he went out and did that. He hurt Alabama by his hire and he hurt Georgia by his hire and he made us a whole lot better. And I'm okay with that. I think he, I think he uh, exercised a great deal of intelligence and yes, I think not having Jeremy Pruitt coach Alabama's defensive backs and coordinate the back part of their defense. I think that hurt him. Yeah. I think it helped us look how much better we are back there. You didn't see long guys running down the field wide open after the BYU game. We saw it once there, uh, but you didn't see guys running down the field just wide open with nobody around them. I mean, they at least knew where they were supposed to be, and they tackled better because they were already in position to make the tackle.
6: Well, my my thought was, is was Jeremy Pruitt more important to Alabama than they realized he was? Yes. And, and he's coming into his own as a head coach. I mean, granted, he made a lot of mistakes, but he's looked pretty good as the head coach the last however many games. I mean, you talk about the six and – the six and one or last seven or whatever it was i mean mm-hmm. uh the defense looks good and and the fundamentals are better too i mean we don't miss tackles anymore and i mean you know uh it's it's fun it's great to be involved thanks guys it makes sense thanks, Bobby. What he's
2: what he's doing makes sense and and you know as long as it's making sense and guys are trying and playing for him hey, i'm okay I'm okay with the way things are right now i, I like the arrow up. And we'll get back to where we need to be. I think this guy can get us there. I think on both sides of the ball we've had excellent coaching this year. I just uh, I wish they hadn't started so slow like everybody else. But I think you know we've won the games that we're we're supposed to win here
1: lately. In winning six of those last seven games, Tennessee has not given up more than 21 points in any of those games. And in the uh, the other game, Alabama had 35. Now you can look at it two ways. One. Alabama had a 100-yard fumble recovery return, so that added to their points. The other side of that is Tua Tungvaloa got hurt, so who knows what might have happened if he hadn't been hurt. But that defense in six of the last seven games has done a nice job. They have. So,
2: they have kept us in it, and, and uh, our offense has played good enough.
1: Let's go to the phones where Chris is our next caller. Chris, you're on Sports Soundoff.
4: Hey, guys. How you doing?
1: Fine. Hope you are, too.
4: Uh yes, doing wonderful. Um, I got a question. Uh I've been a big fan for over thirty five years and and uh keep up with the Vols all year round. And uh I i I know that Jeremy Pruitt he's he's the man we need down there in the coaching staff, tickled to death with what they're doing
7: and uh
4: really excited about the future and knowing he's uh trying to get some bigger bodies back back in there because it takes that in the SEC, I believe. Uh, but my biggest question, uh, I know through the 90s and early 2000s, we had some of the biggest powerhouse running back teams uh, in the conference. And I know in the last several years, I believe that's contributed to a lot of Georgia's success and Alabama's success. Uh, I just wonder when we're going to get back to having those big trios and uh, just loaded backfields uh, the way we used to.
1: Well, I don't know. Uh, I, I I think Tennessee has some good backs. Uh not sure yes, if I'd I, go in the, Well, let me go ahead I and finish. I don't disagree as bad at all. Yeah, I think they've got good backs, maybe not great backs. I think Gary Gray has a chance maybe to be special. Ty Chandler's a, a breakaway back. Tim Jordan is a nice running back. Uh, Georgia and Alabama have high draft picks at running back. Tennessee doesn't, but I think they've been pretty efficient. Tim, you are uh, you like the trio of backs that Tennessee has right now?
2: Yeah, I do. I, I think uh, great offensive lines make great backs and vice versa. I think uh, I said the comment earlier in the show, I heard somebody, I think it was one of the announcers, talking about uh, Cheney saying there's nothing in the rule book says you have to fall down after eight yards. <laughs> I think he was a little disgusted that we hadn't popped some longer runs during the year. But I think we got guys that are capable of doing that. Whether they'll emerge to be stars next year, I, I don't know. But as long as we keep knocking holes for them, I think they're good enough to get it done. Uh, is there a Najee Harris back there? No, I don't think think there's one back there, but uh, uh, is there a swift back there? No, not yet. You know, Maybe Gray could turn into a swift. He's got the speed. He's got the moves. Uh, I'd like to see us get better catching the ball out of the backfield. A lot better at that. I mentioned that earlier. I think Gray's got to work on his pass protection part of his game. But I think, uh, I think the future's bright, and I think if you were a running back in high school – and you were looking at who's left that's going to be blocking for you at the University of Tennessee, why wouldn't you come here? The thing that makes Oklahoma so attractive to me, when I look at Oklahoma and the way they run the football, they got some hoss offensive lines, and they always have had. Uh, Somebody, I think it was somebody, the mullet was comparing their, uh, in a podcast or something was comparing their, Offense to the wishbone. You know he's right. I mean, their quarterback runs it a lot. But the reason they run it so well is they got those Hoss offensive linemen. And I think uh, Will Friend can build that kind of line. I think Chaney will use that kind of line well. And I think if I was a running back out there in high school right now, and I'm looking at my chances at the University of Tennessee, I would say, why not? I would say, why not? Pretty good place to go.
1: All right, Chris, we appreciate it. Thanks for the call. And when we come back, we will have more. If you want to join us, 656 9900 656 9900 We're brought to you by Window Works, offering vinyl and composite windows with many different color options. With Tim Irwin, I'm Jimmy Himes. You're listening to Sunday Sports Sound Off.
0: Um, for me, like, you know, when you lose to Vanderbilt, I mean, I'm just going to keep it real with you. Like, that's embarrassing. Like, So, <clears throat> you know, we come in knowing that, but at the same time, you know, putting in the back of our minds is one way or the other. It's just another opponent. But at the end of the day, it's good to get a win. It's better to get a win versus Vanderbilt.
1: Comments from Tennessee lineman, <clears throat> excuse me, defensive lineman Matthew Butler talking about it's embarrassing losing to Vanderbilt. They got that taste out of their mouth. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound All. Uh, if you want to join us, 656 1-866-656-9900. Tim, I know that um, uh, when you played at Tennessee, beating Vanderbilt was a must. Uh, Tennessee to lose three in a row was pretty tough to stomach, but I know that uh, uh, I think the Tennessee players finally got a bad taste out of their mouth last night.
2: I'm pretty sure Vanderbilt had something to do with me going to the University of Tennessee. <laughs> I watched uh, in 1975 – I watched Tennessee lose to Vanderbilt, and I was over on a visit. And and I went in after that game, and I told Coach Battle I was coming to Tennessee. And uh, I don't know that I'd had an outright scholarship offer from – I had an offer from most of the other SEC schools. But I told him I was coming to Tennessee, and he kind of looked around and said, well, okay then, but I knew that was my shot. I knew they weren't going to be at a lower moment. So maybe that had something to do with me getting there. I don't know the answer, but uh, uh, that was one of the main reasons I felt sick to my stomach sitting in the stands watching us lose to Vanderbilt. And thank goodness I didn't have to feel that feeling while I was there as a player. And yeah. still feel sick when we lose to Vanderbilt. I'm glad it came out the way it did. Wasn't a mistake-free performance by far. Uh, too many penalties. Uh, almost snapping it over a guy's head, almost fumbling it to the other, fumbling and not and getting it back down on the goal line. Um, a lot of things I wasn't happy about. We'll take a good, solid win in a dominating fashion like that. Defense
1: played great. You wanted to mention uh, about uh, the job Tracy Rocker's done with that defensive line because he doesn't have a lot of star players up there, but that group's gotten better.
2: None of us knew anybody's name except maybe Solomon at the start of the season. And now we see those guys showing up, Milton, Butler, Solomon, all those guys showing up, uh, making plays, and uh, gotten a whole lot better since the start of the season. I'd like to play some of those teams that we lost to again right now. I think it'd be uh, I think it'd be very telling if we could play one of those teams again.
1: Let's go back to the phones where Lynn is our next caller. Lynn, you're on Sports Sound Off.
8: Hey, good morning, gentlemen, and since I guess this is going to be our last one, I just want to tell you um, the last one this year um, how much I appreciate the show and, uh, Tim, especially what you bring to it. Jimmy, you've got a great perspective that Tim brings that uh, having been in the locker room and understanding a team, and, and I just really appreciate what you guys done or do. Thank but you. Jimmy, you made a comment last week. Uh, and I, I, I thought it was really good that, you know, Tennessee has turned this season around, but they certainly haven't turned the program around yet. In, in your estimation, in your mind, what does it take, what have we got to do to, to turn this program around?
1: Win or compete for the East. You got to do that. And then the next step is winning the SEC. So the season was turned around, and I give them a lot of credit for that because at one and four, they could have cashed it in and even um uh, Jeremy Pruitt talked about how a, a lot of teams couldn't have been able to do that but I I give him credit for that but now you got to be able to compete with the Georgias and Floridas and win the East Division and then there's still the one more step and that's winning the SEC
8: and you do that you beat uh, Georgia and Florida and probably Alabama right
1: probably or maybe LSU yep yeah. Doing yeah. the SEC, okay. so
8: that, yeah. Uh, what do you think it takes to get there? My opinion is that we're we're woefully short on on really talented players. We've we've got some really good players, but we don't have a lot of depth. I think we got to build our depth, and that's what. What other things do you see that it takes to get us to that point?
1: I think uh, if you look at the teams, typically not always, but typically that are fighting it out for championships, they're really good at quarterback. Tennessee's been too inconsistent at that position. Uh, I also think the depth is an issue uh, because I do think Tennessee's starters are pretty good. Now, they may not be quite as good as LSU and Alabama and Georgia, okay, but they're pretty darn good. It's just they don't have depth behind them, and they can ill afford injuries in certain positions. Uh, but, but you also have to have difference makers. And Tennessee's had some, but maybe maybe not enough.
8: Yeah, I, I would agree with that, and I just, you know, uh, I was pretty disillusioned when we were one and, uh, and four. In fact, I called you guys and said I wasn't sure I'd live long enough to see us consistently win 10 games. And I don't know that I've changed my mind totally on that, but I think there's some hope.
1: It's hard to win 10 games in this league. It's a Pretty good league, but that's where Tennessee needs to get back to. I like the yep, coaching I staff. Agree. I think this is a really good staff. I, I like them a lot, uh, and I think they um, are. I think it's a good recruiting staff. I think it's a good evaluating staff. Uh, as I've mentioned this before, Lynn, somebody told me they're 19 freshmen they signed in last year's class, and not a one of them's a bust. That's hard to do. That is hard to do to go 19 for 19. So uh, if they can yep. back up that class with another really good class. Then I think Tennessee's on its way to being relevant in the East.
8: Yep, I would agree. I would agree. Guys, have a, have a great holiday, a good off season, and uh, I'm already looking forward to September 2020.
1: All right, Lynn, I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to Bo first. All right, let's go to Phil. Phil, you're on with Tim Irwin.
9: Hey guys, how y'all doing this morning? Good, go ahead, Phil. Go Balls, first off. Uh, proud of the way these boys fought back at the beginning of the season. I'm about like everybody else. It's about ready to wash my hands of it uh, because I thought, in my opinion, they were going to fold like a cheap lawn chair, um, but they fought back. Some tough kids. I'm like you. I think the the coaching staff that everybody said was a bust is definitely not a bust. Uh, I like the direction we're going, but I have a question about to you guys personally about Eric Gray, what do you think that he can do to himself in the offseason to become that elite back because obviously the kid has the speed and the wherewithal to to break those big runs and I just think maybe a you know an offseason in the weight room and get a little bigger, I think he becomes something special next year, don't you guys?
2: I think he needs to work on catching the swing pass out of the backfield and work on his right. pass protection, which may necessitate getting four or five pounds heavier. He doesn't need to be much bigger. He doesn't want to get so big he loses his speed. But I think his, right. his run skills are great. I think he needs to work on the other parts of his game. I think our short passing game, the one consistent thing all year that's been terrible is Tennessee's short passing game. It's horrible. Part of that's on Jared. Part of it's on the backs out of the backfield.
9: Right, and do you think that's why he didn't get as much playing time this year because of his experience there? He's I think that upgraded. hurt his playing
2: time, especially when we're throwing the ball as many times as we had to against Missouri and some of the other teams that were ganged up to stop the run. And if you're running an RPO and you got to have him in there and, and getting the check and protecting the quarterback, then you can't really run that play if he can't make the pass block when his number doesn't get called. So, yeah, I think that limited his playing time.
9: Right. And one more thing before I get off here and let y'all go. Uh, Garantano, you know, he did come back pretty strong at the end of the year, but I noticed last night, and I know it was a sloppy game and it's hard to play in that, but, man, he was just so inconsistent with that ball and just throwing balls where you you don't expect somebody of his caliber to be throwing it like that. You know what I'm saying?
2: He's got to get better at throwing the ball under twenty yards. He throws a nice long ball. He does not. Nice he does not do well when it the situation calls for touch or a, a slight lead. Pass. Yeah, he has a hard yeah. time with that. And he stares them down. He stares the short receivers down, and just telegraphs the whole defense. Hey, I'm going here. So even if they catch it, they got a you know a herd of defensive players around them. So, right,
9: All right. Well, hopefully, he gets better with that.
2: Both well, he's got a couple of he's got a couple of guys that know something about it, you know. the Quarterback coach was a Heisman Trophy winner, and T. Martin, the receivers coach, has got a street named after him. And Jim Chaney's one of the most heralded <laughs> signal callers in the country. So if he can't get better with that nucleus helping straighten him out, then then he can't get better.
9: You think maybe Brian Moyer has a chance of? Uh... Fighting into that starting position next year because i know that kid's got a nice arm and he's a lot better at those touch passes
2: don't know he's had a year so you can't say he's a freshman anymore if he was better he'd have been in there my opinion yeah that's
9: true yeah you're you nailed that one well guys i appreciate everything y'all do uh enjoy listening to you on sundays every week and uh go vols let's get us a good bowl game and and get a win there and Go into next season with our heads held high, huh? Right.
1: Phil, we appreciate Better it. Thanks for the call. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. Yes, sir. And when we come did you, back. You, did you just say all right? right? Eight. All right. I didn't say it right, did I? <laughs> all right. When we come back, we'll have more. We're brought to you by Window Works, the right products for every home and budget. With Tim Irwin, I'm Jimmy Himes. You're listening to Sunday Sports Sound Off.
0: Trey's a, a hungry guy, you know, everybody. Um, as you can tell, you can see what he can do on the field. So um, he wanted to be on the field. He wanted to play. He wanted to get back as fast as he could, not just for himself, but he felt like he was letting us down by him not being able to be out there with us. So I know he was eager to get back, not just for himself, but to help us too.
1: That's West Callaway talking about Trey Smith. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound Off. I'm Jimmy Himes along with uh, Tim Irwin. Let's go back to the phones where our next caller is Troy. Troy, you're on Sports Sound Off.
5: Good morning, gentlemen. How are you?
1: morning. Good fine.
5: I've got one question. Just a comment. All, I will say that seven and five sure sounds a lot better than six and six. And then the other question I've got is the kid that came for us last year and started this year, the Doyle kid, yeah. Is he hurt or is he simply forgot how to put his foot on a football? And I'll hang up. Appreciate everything you all do,
1: and go falls. I, I don't know if Joe Doyle's had an injury. Uh, it's, it's, un, it's an interesting situation because he had a good year last year. He was among the best in the country, I thought, at punting inside the 20-yard line. At least he had a bunch of them that were there. Uh, earlier this year, I think he struggled a little bit, and then they rotated the punters. And it seemed like when they rotated the punters, Joe Doyle had more difficulty with it, and they went to Paxton Brooks. I don't know if Doyle's had an injury. I'll double-check on that. But it has been kind of surprising to see that development the way it has. All right, let's go to Lucy. Lucy, you're on Sports Sound Off.
9: Great show. Driving back to Nashville, but I have a question. We have these great coaching hires. How do you keep them
1: Uh, in – okay
9: and cheney which i was very surprised when cheney made that move from georgia
1: i wasn't he likes it here um i I was tim you had more knowledge of that Uh, but i i thought why would you leave georgia with jake Fromm and competing for national championships and sec titles and go to tennessee which was trying to rebuild that surprised me but but you had knowledge about how much he likes it here and, and probably the intent to retire here.
2: And Knoxville's a nicer place to live.
1: I don't doubt that.
2: Yeah, than Athens, Georgia. It's I, nicer.
1: I, I get that. Yeah. I just think uh,
2: uh, he's a East Tennessee kind of guy. I think we appreciated him when he was here the last time. And he wanted to come back and be part of something special, and I think he will be before he leaves here again.
1: He's got a great contract, so there's not any doubt about or concern about losing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derek Ansley's in his first year as a defensive coordinator. I think he's gotten better and better, and he and Pruitt are very close. I, I don't think there's a high risk of losing these assistant coaches on the staff.
2: I wouldn't want to lose any of them. I think uh, Will Friend's done an right. excellent job. Tracy Rocker, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and uh, I know there was a discussion yesterday I was listening to about. Who should be the SEC coach of the year this year? And it's hard to argue against Orgeron, but then you look at the talent pool he has right in his backyard and and great quarterback play. I'm not so sure you don't have to give the SEC uh, coach of the year award to maybe to Stoops. He has done more with less than anybody, I think, uh, from that standpoint. I mean, he won, uh, got bowl eligible without a quarterback
1: pretty yeah. tough to do they uh, they completely altered their approach to their offense with a wide receiver at quarterback yeah ran for 517 yards yesterday a school record they got bowl eligible behind that that's uh that's a heck of a coaching job pretty amazing pretty
2: amazing I, uh I, it's hard yeah, to argue man. against a big old uh you know going undefeated in the west i mean that's shoot what you got to do to get there is pretty special but uh and then third place i'd have to say was our guy with the turnaround that he had, I
1: would agree with that. I think yeah. those are, they did the three best jobs. Yeah. If I were to try to reach and find another person, it might be Mullen at Florida. He won ten again.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, again. I think he's got a great blessing of talent, but mm-hmm. uh, he also found a quarterback. The thing he and Orgeron have in common, they found new quarterbacks that one for him, and that's such a such an important part of the the deals. How that guy under the center is playing,
1: so. Lucy. Anything else? Just let's go bowling and have a good time. Okay. Thank you, Lucy. We appreciate that. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Let's hear a little bit more from Jeremy Pruitt, Tennessee head coach. Uh, First off, he talks about the great night that his running back had. Jeremy, would you talk a little bit more about uh, Eric Ray? He said a Tennessee true freshman rushing record and also
7: why Ty Chandler wasn't. You know, Ty's had a banged-up ankle, um, so – we kind of started with Tim and Eric was going to probably be the next guy in and, um, you know, he got hot there. So you think about that, uh, uh, a record at the university of Tennessee, think of all the good runners that's come through here. You know, that says a whole heck of a lot about, um, everybody involved, starting with the quarterback, getting us in the right plays with the offensive staff, uh, doing a heck of a job game planning and, um, the the front, the tight ends, the wide receivers blocking downfield, finishing runs, so um, it's a great accomplishment.
1: Pruitt was asked, what did he see from Gray in practice that led him to believe Gray could have a game like that?
7: Well, Eric has plenty of ability. Um, lots of times it comes to opportunities. You earn those opportunities in practice. You know, with Ty and Tim, that's a competitive room. Um, you know, so probably... You know, with the, the way the season went, to me, I thought Eric um, probably in the middle part of the season maybe lost a step. Happens lots of times to freshmen, get a little wore down. Um, you know, he's playing against bigger men, um, just the day-to-day grind. But uh, over the last probably couple of weeks, he kind of looked like his old self and had a little more pep in his step, and uh, it showed today.
1: Also from Pruitt, describe the game plan for Vanderbilt.
7: Well, it's hard to predict the weather, you know, when we when I left the hotel, I didn't think it was going to rain until halftime and then we have a lightning delay uh to start the game, so it it obviously changed, you know. So, I think our staff done a good job um adjusting to it. You know, um early in the game, the ball was wet. Um you know, and you could tell you, we we didn't we didn't throw the ball or catch the ball nearly as well as we have in the past. Uh, So we had to run the football, uh, and our guys done a nice job doing that.
1: That's Tennessee coach Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, That's going to put a wrap on it. Tim Irwin, thank you. Um, Thoroughly enjoy working with you. You do a terrific job, a great job, great friend, and thank you for joining us again.
2: Thank you, Jimmy. I'm not sure how long we've been doing this. It's been a long time, but uh, I can't remember uh, starting out so poorly and coming back and feeling okay. Looking forward to next year and – Thanks so much. Everybody have a
1: Merry Christmas out there, and happy holidays, and go walls. Thank you, Tim. And that'll do it for Sunday, Sports Sound Off.